This is CX of M Radio, the voice of customer experience professionals. Welcome to another episode of the Tom and Bob Show, where each week we discuss best practices in the field of customer experience management. I'm Tom DeWitt, Director of CXM at MSU, and I'm joined by my co-host and partner in crime, Bob Keipel, Vice President of CX of M, and retired Global CX Executive with General Motors. Without further ado, let's get this show on the road. Hi, and welcome to another episode of the Tom and Bob Show. I'm Tom DeWitt, and I'm joined by... Bob Keipel. Um... Good to see you again, Bob, by the way. Um, You're looking good yourself, Tom. Thank you. Thanks. Thanks. (laughs) (laughs) We're excited today uh, to be joined by some representatives from Primerica, uh, beginning with Rhonda Beyer, who is a senior national sales director partner. And uh, Alan, correct me, you know, please correct me if I get the pronunciation wrong. Alan Korlowitz, the regional leader for Primerica. Did I get that right? But thank you, Tom. Korlevich. Oh, Korlevich. Okay, thanks. Yeah, I got exactly. it. Just like it's well, spelled. That, that, that comes from exactly. living. Exactly. That, exactly comes, that comes from living in Hawaii for 11 years and, and, <laughs> and trying to pronounce Hawaiian names. So, well, it's great to have you guys on the show today. And welcome, uh, Rhonda. I'm going to start with you. Welcome. And um, if you could yeah. just get us started to uh, the easy question here, if you could just tell us about Primerica and your job there? Sure, sure. Primerica is a, Primerica is a 44-year-old company that was started to teach the 98% of the public what the 2% already know about financial independence and how to get there. So we started way back when with football coach, decided after his father had died and left his mother in a financial disaster with children, that he was going to try and right or wrong, if you will. He was going to recruit people from similar backgrounds, teachers and coaches that knew nothing about financial services and start to teach them about the values of life insurance and saving towards retirement. So our first two missions, if you will, would be to properly protect families, give them the right amount of life insurance for as little as they have to pay for it, entering this industry that has an awful reputation, and then moving to the other side, teaching people the value of an IRA, a 403B, and a 401k, and how they would save towards becoming a millionaire in retirement so that they could live out their lives in financial dignity. So it was sort of a, if you die too soon or you live too long, you got to handle both sides. And 98% of the public was not doing it. Or, uh, and the, the premise was that if people had education, they would move in a healthier financial direction. But because they were bombarded by marketing and um, the banking institutions, credit unions, and life insurance companies were very company-centered. They weren't customer-centered. That provided an opportunity for a company to come along and really right the wrong and teach the public 
and move people forward towards financial, great financial decisions. So my job has, has evolved. And I started as a part-time rep. I was an accountant. I was introduced to the business 38 years ago and said, you know, I like this better than accounting. This sounds better to me, taking care of people. Uh, and I needed to learn these things myself. So I'm not, I, I went to business school and I never learned the rule of 72. I never understood compound interest the way I needed to. Uh, so all these formulas that were out there that wealthy people already employed and understood uh, made sense to me. So started as a part-time rep, then built my way up as everybody else does. So we have a two, two-sided uh, business. One side is we recruit, train, and develop people for careers with our company. The other side is the customer side, which I kind of just capsulized. So my role today is to help the development of future leaders of Primerica, people that own offices and maybe want to have multiple branches, because even all these years later, we're now a public company. We've got 7 million clients. We pay 4 million a day in death claims. We've got billions and billions of dollars under management. We still only do business with less than 2% of the public. So it represents an enormous opportunity for somebody to move from one career to another career here, because there's a bigger upside financially for them. They can generally get paid more in financial services, especially with our company, than they can as a social worker, as a teacher, as whatever else they're enjoying doing, but it's not paying the bills. So we recruit a lot of people every month. And my job is to help the people that are have initiative, that have some entrepreneurial spirit, to help identify them and then groom them towards a career that would, you know, forever last them here. So that's my today job. That's awesome. So uh, you're recruiting people and, you know, you started out, you said with coaches and uh, teachers, um, which just seems like a natural fit with this kind of business to me. Um, so as you recruit people, um, you know, can you give us any flavor for how long people last or, how, you know, do you do have a, a, a curve where people decide it's not for me or do they stay with you? Like what, what can you tell us about the longevity? I, of can, I can tell you a lot about that. We're, we're very into our data and analytics. So you can ask me all those questions. So for, our, for every 10 people we would recruit into our company, eight of them would initially uh, probably fall off within 90 days. But we end up, with the 20%, which are the right mix of people, people similar to Alan and, and, and as I'm learning, Mary Beth, who really can take initiative. They have self-discipline. They, they really want to be out on their own. They want to have impact. Um, so from the recruiting standpoint, we're licensing 20% of the people we bring in. Mm -hmm. Thank Interesting. you. Interesting. 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 Mm -hmm. So since we're, um, since we're talking about, since we're talking about customer experience on the, this podcast, can you, can you tell us a little bit about what your organization does um, to uh, maximize the, maximize the quality of the customer experience that you deliver to them on a daily basis? 
Sure, sure. So one of the things we pride ourselves in, I could sing the praises of this company forever, is that we've taken what looks like a complicated situation. How do I get ahead in life? All I understand basically is home equity. I know how that works, but nobody else knows how money works. So we've taken all this complexity out of the industry, which, you know, they've basically created this sort of, you know, barrier to entry that people can't really get the information. And if they can get it, now you can Google anything, but you really can't implement and stay the course. So we do it through education because we find that if we take the, just the simple, simple, simple plan of a family that has $500 a month to dedicate towards their financial future. And we would say, okay, so let's talk about your income. So if the household income is $100,000, they would need a million dollars worth of life insurance. Why? Because if that $100,000 went away, somebody got hit by a bus and died, that that family would be left financially devastated. So this million dollars of protection, we deliver that to them as cost as you know cost effectively as possible. So we might take 150 or $200 a month and apply it towards life insurance. If they die, that million dollars gets invested. The mutual fund industry, which is primarily the industry we recommend for most people, has has typically since 1928 it's averaged a rate of return of 11%. So we could safely say in no given year, but we're going to earn 10% on that million dollars. Maybe one year it'll go negative, one year it'll go positive 20, you know, we never know. But over time, over the 20, 30, 40 years that this million dollars is going to be the replacement of the breadwinner, it'll, you can safely say you can take $100,000 a year out of it and recreate the money machine to the family. So, so, um, so Rhonda, yeah. sorry, let me inter- interrupt for a second, because Tom and I are both, of course, extremely wealthy, yeah. and we, under- we understand oh, yeah. the financials, right, Tom? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> but with respect to CX, so, like, I understand um, the educational part and telling people about how your money can accrue and this sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, how can you make sure that your customers when they're talking to you have a level of trust and confidence and sort of uh, they're not nervous because obviously it's their money, it's their nest egg and they don't know you really. So, you know, getting back to the CX piece of that, how with these people that you're bringing in and training and recruiting, how do you make sure you're delivering that consistent sort of uh, approach that helps your customer experience to get over maybe some of the hurdles that are in this industry? Okay, so the first thing we have is something called a financial needs analysis, where we collect the data from somebody and uh, their personal data, their budgeting, where's the money going? And we start to, it's it's almost like a financial intervention that they have to trust somebody and they have been unable to come together as a family and get this done. And get this done with the sense that there's goals, there's implementation, and, and there's, there's a history. So the way we do this is we first start out with, if we recruit somebody, 
we will tell them, let's do your financial needs analysis first. So you can see the value of what we're doing in your own life before you can teach it to somebody else. So we'll do that as, you know, in the first month they're with us. We want that done. They start to see, they have their aha moment, if you will. Mm -hmm. Like, I wish I knew this 10 years ago. I wish somebody would have come to me, you know, all those kinds of things. So then we go from there, we go to friends and family and friends of friends and family. So we begin to draw in the people that already know them. And so we start to talk to them and we'll meet with their brothers or sisters or mothers. And we'll look for a, um, we'll look for a consensus for that person. We're trying to retain our, our recruits. And the only way we're going to retain them is if they see the value in what we're doing and the people that are the loudest voice in their head also see the value. So our customer is our recruit more than it is person that buys, you know, a mutual fund through us or an insurance product through us. So the recruit becomes the, the precious metal in our relationship. And, as, and, and so we do that, and, but what we find is that the experience has to be simple, it has to be fun, it has to be easy. So those three things are really important to all our brochures, all of our <laughs> hypotheticals, all of our conversations we're going to have is going to be, isn't it fun to think about becoming financially independent? Look how easy it is to implement, and did you understand what, we sh- what we're talking about. And they do. So we've boiled all this information out there, all this overload into, if you just do a couple things and you do them for a long period of time, you and your family will be financially free. So now we, we have freed up all the stress in the house because now as they're spending money, they're spending 85% of their income, 90% of their income in various ways. The fighting has stopped because the end game's in place. That makes sense? Yeah. Um, do you, so if you have a suspicious Bob, you, person. Bob, can yeah. I add something? Sorry. Sure, just being ahead, a new Ray. recruit. Just sorry. Just because I'm a new recruit to Primerica over the last couple of months. One thing I wanted to add to what Rondo was saying is what I've seen, and I work very closely with Alan, when you talk about building the trust and confidence around a scary subject. So when we meet with people, what I've been impressed with, with Primerica is it's, it's not a hardcore sale at all. It's really an educational approach. And so as we sit with these clients and, you know, a lot of them have been like Rhonda said, my own family, they're not aware of a lot of these terms. Nobody's ever looked at this in a holistic manner. So the trust comes, I think, starting with your first meeting, getting them to understand is we go through like our little 20 minute presentation. They're like, wow, I never thought of this like this. Thank you. So that begins building that trust and confidence. I've been very impressed with the approach at Primerica. A lot of yeah. people, when I started, said, oh, it's, it's hardcore sales, which would be a terrible customer experience. But it isn't at all. Very, it's a very gentle, very educational, smart approach. That's great. Do do, uh, do you have customers that are like really nervous? Like, do you, are you fiduciaries or, or not? What's your approach there? Um, no, um, our customers 
are all nervous. They don't want to, people mm-hmm. don't want to talk about finances because they, they have none. They, they literally have no plan and they think that, and they're embarrassed. Yeah. So mm-hmm. we, we sort of take all that yeah. humility away by, by, by bringing it to them in a humble way. And the humble way we bring it is, let me show you what I've learned. I didn't know anything we're about to talk about before I came to work with Primerica. And because of the education I got, I am with this company and I believe in what we do. So let me show you what I learned. So we immediately take the embarrassment away from them just to say, that's how it is here. And then we show them. Do you tell us, Rhonda? Go ahead, Tom. Sorry. So Rhonda, you know, I imagine most people, you know, based on the statistics I've seen, most people are really behind the eight ball. They're way behind, you know, they might be in their, their fifties, um, getting towards, you know, can see retirement coming and they're, and they're woefully unprepared and probably have some credit issues. How do you deal with people like, you know, you've already mentioned the, the, the uh, uh, embarrassment, the fear and everything. How do, you, how do you deal with those kind of customers and make them feel more confident and self-assured? Because I, you know, I'm sure a lot of people, when they look at retirement, they're like, I, I don't know what to do. I'm woefully unprepared. How do you, how do you, and I, I get the people who are in their twenties and thirties and say, Hey, okay, here's your roadmap. But what about the people that you know, retirement's 10 years out and they haven't done a thing? Well, we're, we're first, we, you know, we kindly, we we're, we're very nice people. <laughs> so we're not, we're no, not I, I know you are. No, I know you are. <laughs> I'm gonna, and we don't, no, no, we no. Don't this is, I'm thinking about their mental state and their emotional yeah, state. So we and tell our, them yeah. that we, we give them a little reality check. Like, you know, you're not going to retire. It's not going to be possible. But if you listen to us and you let us help you with a 20 year game plan, maybe it's 70, you'll be able to retire. Maybe it's 75, you know, but we have to make some decisions along the way that lead towards that end. And are you ready to make these decisions? And in many cases, it's we got to pull down debt. We got to get out of the house. We got to stop giving the kids all the money. We've got to, you know, prepare. But if we have, a 20 year timeline with anybody or even 15 sometimes if they really have nice income, we can fix that situation. They just have to be ready to make the necessary changes, you know? Man, talk cool. about talk about customer experience and marketing. I mean, this is an emotional, infrequent, lack of knowledge type situation. Um, that's high stakes. Yeah. Yeah. But we do it with tenderness. And we do it with excellent advice. Like one of our mottos is give people your best advice. Don't tell them what they want to hear. Tell them what they need to hear, but do it with passion. Do it with kindness. And and again, that's why our recruiting is so important because we don't recruit from a resume. We recruit from the 98% of the public that didn't know any of this. And so they come into our business, not with the intent to make a lot of money. They come into, you know, as, as Wall Street does, they come into our business with the intent of righting a wrong. And in the process, they're able to have a Wall Street-like income because of the industries we're in. So 
it's, it's a, it's an, an amazing stakes, you know, and my mother, when I got involved, my father died two years after I got involved with this company and my mother was widowed at 53 and she was a stay at home mom. My dad was a lawyer and my dad, he had very little life insurance. He had little tiny policies as was the fashion back then, $2,000 policy of 5,000. It added up to nothing. And so my mother was going to live and she's still alive. She's 87. So we came up with this 20 year game plan for my mother and she was 53. She went and finished a degree by 55. She went to work and by 70, she had enough money that she could retire. She built a custom home in Florida in one of those planned communities. But here she was a devastated 53 year old, terrified about to have a nervous breakdown And because of all this, she was able to get herself on a path, told my brother, stop taking money from mom (laughs) and leave her alone. And we we invested half of her income, put her in a small apartment, Mm -hmm. and she built her custom home in one of those communities in her 70s. You should have seen her bossing the general contractor around. It was (laughs) was sensational, Mm -hmm. but it was all because she was given hope. So when you say, uh, Tom, somebody in their 50s, they absolutely think there's no chance at a do-over in life. And we can give them a do-over. Sometimes it's, you know, a big experience because they got great income. They're, they're willing to make all these changes. And sometimes it's small, but either way, they're going to end up better off than they did without meeting us. Interesting. So I'm going to just add something to that real quick, guys, and in, in, because it's it's very close to my heart because I, I I talk to a lot of people from all different walks of life and all different ages. I mean, my youngest client, who's an adult, uh, is 19. He goes to U of M. Sorry, guys. Okay, and uh, my oldest client is 83. So if you fall somewhere in that spectrum, we can help you in some way. And one of the things that I tell people because it had just Drana had mentioned it before about how. People are ashamed sometimes. They're almost embarrassed. Oh, yeah. um, and I tell people all the time, I say, look, it's, it's not fair of me to think that you should know something that no one's ever taught you, okay? Because everything we know in life, we've learned, whether we've learned from someone else or we've learned through experience, okay? And the latter can be kind of painful, all right? But once you've learned something, then you can start to help yourself. And as Mary Beth said, that's the approach that we take. We take an educational approach. We educate the client first. And then from there, we develop their plan. Yeah, because um, yeah, I'm, I'm lucky. I kind of stumbled and I, 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 things actually worked out pretty good for me, but it wasn't intentional. I just, um, but I, you know, I can, I, 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 I get it. Um, you know, I was embarrassed to even ask. I felt like it's something that I should have known. Um, so getting back to customer experience, can you tell us about specific job titles or positions and your organization that are dedicated to CX and uh, what they do on a regular basis? I, I can. We have a home office that has, we have three home offices, one in New York, one in Mississauga, Ontario, and one in Duluth, Georgia. All three have a giant marketing department that deals with customer experience because we're a marketing company. We market financial products. We're not a financial company. So we're all about marketing. So everything we do uh, makes people feel special and we try and make them feel special. 
Um, so we have brochures, we have social media, we're, you know, doing it all. We, we think we're very trend ready. We're cutting edge. We like to believe that our messaging out there is strong. We have campaigns that are dedicated to different demographics that a representative in our company can choose a campaign and send it out to that customer base in that demographic. Uh, when COVID hit, we were already using Zoom uh, probably with 20% of our customers. And so it became 100%. So we were tech ready. We got technology awards. We've, we've been 11 years straight with the highest awards in our industry in technology. Uh, so we were ready and we're ready to talk to people. We're a face-to-face -face company. So when you say marketing and customer experience, we don't expect people to take initiative without hand-holding. So we're an eyeball-to-eyeball -eyeball kind of company. I look at you, you look at me, and we're going to get through this and we're going to talk about it. We're going to make some tough choices, but we're going to have fun. And at the end, there's this little pot of gold waiting for you and you can get on Golden Pond if you just, you know, stay the course with us. So our customer experience is all about face-to-face -face. Uh, and our messaging to the public is strong in that we value the relationships that we have with our clients. Our clients are our family, our friends, our neighbors, our kids' friends. We have to get it right. If not, then then we're going to ruin our company. But our company has this long history of continuing to deliver to the public what we say we're delivering. And so like we've never raised prices on insurance. Um, we've never recommended a mutual fund that was, you know, a, a private security, like a Bernie Madoff kind of a situation where you were sort of saying one thing and then shoving it over to somewhere else. I mean, everything we do is registered securities, people to people. Um, our customer experience is what we are about. It is who we are. Our recruit is our customer and their family's our customer. So everything matters to us, but we have masses amounts of consulting firms and, um, people that work for us full-time down in those headquarters that really work on every, the person that answers the phone and claims the person that answers the phone, everybody's knowledgeable, everybody's well-trained, everybody is single focused. Our average tenure of our person in our home office, we have almost 3000 employees. Our average tenure is a person that's been there 22 years. So people that come into Primerica Forbes rates us as a top 10 companies to work for. Everybody that comes in, comes in the door thinking they just got a job when they really just got some purpose and a job. And, and so they like it. They like, um, they don't want to go anywhere else. It, it, it feels very much like a family as large as it is. We're still, uh, we're still one, just one big family because we're all coming from the same attitude of, oh my God, we are really going to fix people. We're really going to fix this problem. People are not going to have the debt that we always say, if they don't meet a Primerica rep, they don't have it right. 
you know, and you could be saving you guys, you know, you're, you're old enough to be have saved in a 401k or something They're at the HR. When you, when you hire into a company, nobody's coaching you on where to put that money. So you're checking a box, telling them to take 5% of your pay. You have no idea where the money's going, what it's going to become. Am I putting the right amount in? Have I done it? It, it? You're not even asking the questions. You're just happy they have a 401k and they do this little match thing. But it could be going into a money market returning nothing. Or it can be going into a mutual fund that from Vanguard that, that returns 18% a year or average for the last 30 years, you know? And that makes the difference for people. So I, I, I don't know if I answered your question, but well, everything guess, um, is about customers. Yeah, I get that. And a lot of organizations say that. Um, but how do you ensure that all of your associates deliver on that? What standards do you have? What kind of training? We have, well, our industries are all regulated. So we have a compliance department. And we do everything, you know, technology, everything gets submitted. It first starts with all of our compliance robots or analytics. So they would, they would call somebody like Alan and say, Alan, you have this 83-year-old woman and you've put her in a large cap growth fund. Why would you ever do that? And Alan would say, well, I know. <laughs> but, but Alan would say, thank you for calling. Here's the situation. She's never going to need this money. She's not planning to spend it. It is for her grandchild. You can see as the beneficiary. So we're growing an asset for the grandchild. Okay, thanks, Alan. You keep doing the good work you're doing. So most of it is through our compliance department is how we keep people honest and honorable. We have never had a lawsuit. We're, we're a really big company that has been a, a big, big deal. You know, okay, we have, we have disgruntled people as everybody does. But we, be, we believe that in vetting all of our companies, all of our vendors, they're strongly vetted so that the only platform we can offer a customer is something that is appropriate, is safe, and is in alignment with our goals as a company on getting people properly protected, debt-free, and on the road to financial independence. So I would tell you that there's freedom out there in in the field, because no, we can't monitor 130,000 people, but our back office really monitors it. Can you give us an example? We had uh, a guest early on in our podcasting who was uh, telling a story about when his father passed and he was trying to figure everything out and just how hard it really was. And just the fact that he was in an emotional state and he's getting put on hold and, you know, he just wasn't treated, you know, with at that key moment. Um, how specifically does your company address those sort of high stress calls that you get, say, if somebody does pass away and they're trying to figure out what to do with their money? How, is there a higher level of service or special people that well, take care here's, of or what? Here's what happens first. So if somebody dies and they own a life insurance product with us. Our company goes through every social security number reported in North America as a deceased human being. So there's no wait time. People don't have to go find Primerica. The beneficiary doesn't. So we, we roll through those social security numbers. 
Then we match it to our, are they a customer with us? Then we call out the regional vice president of the office that held that sale once upon a time and say, one of your clients died. It's the original writing rep is no longer with the company. Here's the beneficiary's name. Here's the phone number. So we, we head it off before they even call us. So, and then we call and we do everything in person prior to Zoom. Now it's on Zoom. And so now it'll be a hybrid. It'll be either one where we go out and we say, here's the form. Let's fill it out together. And I'll follow up. And our company delivers a death claim within 14 days. So if somebody works for Home Depot and they also have group insurance there, we know how to deal with that. We know how to call Home Depot. We know where, how to penetrate their system. We know the questions to ask. We know how to, how to help them. Now, they're not going to get paid in 14 days. They're probably going to get paid in you know, six months because you know, the industry is notorious for poor customer service. But we let them know we're going to handle that. We'll help you with that. Because ultimately what we want to do is we want to package up all these death claims. So if you've got little bits of insurance everywhere, we want to bring it together and create a new life for you and use those proceeds properly so you can do the right thing with them. So I hope, I hope that is understood. Yeah. Does that sort of answer your question? Interesting. It's, it's all, it's all in person. It's all. Yeah. We're not in a rush and there's no 800 numbers and there's no wait time with us. You're talking to a human being that lives in your area, that cares about you, that, that will come over and bake a cake for you. You know, that's, that's the kind of people we are. And as, as, as hokey as that sounds, (laughs) that's why only 20% of them stay with us because people aren't that nice. They aren't that genuine about their time. <laughs> They're not. They say they are. Yeah. They say they are. They say they want to make more money, so we hire them. They say they care about people, so we hire them. They say they're willing to dedicate five to 10 hours a week to learn something in their off hours when they're not at work. They say all these things, but at the end of the day, it's really not a priority, any of it. So what we're left with are people like Mary Beth or people like Alan who say, you know what? I'm not going any. I can't ask for a better mix professionally. Good people that are mentoring me, good people that are helping me figure out this, how to do this. And obviously it's a career path that'll pay all the bills. So. Well, it seems like a great screening process. Um, well, thanks. They self-screen. Yeah. (laughs) Well, thanks so much. Thanks so much for your time. This has been really informative. Um, I know we go, we could go on all day talking about this, but. Uh, yeah. And by the way, nobody should pursue the uh, strategy of trying to get adopted by Rhonda's mother. Cause that's, <laughs> uh, that's been taken. Okay. <laughs> my, mother, financial my mother strategy. is now 87. She's oh. had two or three husbands. I mean, she oh. has been living. Well, you're not, you're not sure. Huh? Two or three. We're not sure. I we know. lost count. We lost count. I, I missed one. I said to her. They're mysterious. You know, yeah. <laughs> I love it. So she became something extraordinary, given you know such horrible circumstances that she had. So it's just amazing what a little bit of money you know buys you a lot of confidence a lot and a lot of fun. So. Well, thanks again, Rhonda. We really appreciate awesome. you having you. Our show and uh, listeners. Thanks for tuning in again. Uh, we 
we look forward to seeing you on the next episode. Okay. Thanks. Thank you. Okay. Bye. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Tom and Bob show. If you enjoyed the podcast, please tell your friends and share it on LinkedIn and Twitter. If you have any ideas or suggestions for future podcasts, send us a message. We'd love to hear from you. After all, you're our customer. Thanks for joining us for this session of CX of M Radio. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe to the show and visit cxofm.org for more resources.